The Knees Up the Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. The focus is on Wolves at home in the FA Cup. West Ham to score over 2.5 goals is 9-1 to on your first bet. West Ham to score over 2.5 goals. 9-1 to on your first bet. Amazing times. Uh, 888sport.com forward slash West Ham. Obiang, nice disguise, noble, dangerous, Carroll, 2-0, classic Andy Carroll, great header from the big man, and Liverpool had no answer, West Ham will put two quality balls into the Liverpool box in this game, and they both resulted in goals. Hello and welcome to the Knees Up on the Round West Ham podcast. It's Series 4, Episode 20 and joining us here for her debut, please welcome Bianca Westwood. Hello! At last, all the talk. I'm here, yes, my moment has arrived. All the speculation and here you are. Yes, here I am. My, name, my name's up in lights at last. The January transfer window has opened. What a signing. Yeah, I think so. It's the signing of the season, <laughs> for sure. And also joining us here for Bianca's first episode... Tony Cotty, Hello, Hammer Chris. of the Year, 1986. Bianca. <laughs> what an honour. Long time ago that I was, know. long time ago. Fifth but highest goal scorer in West Ham's history. Come yeah, on. It's, it's, that must feel really good. It's, it's weird. It's it's really strange because obviously I've I've had my television life outside of football, but it's uh, it's weird looking back. It's like someone else did it. It, it doesn't feel like me. Yeah. You know, Bianca knows me as a person as well, and I don't walk around saying, "Oh, I'm the fifth highest goal scoring <laughs> West Ham." It doesn't. I would. Yeah, I would. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. It's not what I'm about. And it, it, honestly, it's, it's, it's really bizarre that you know people still come up to you and talk to you in the street and talking about games from 1980. The guy today, at lunch today, guy come up. I was there when you had your debut against Spurs. Really, it was 33 years ago, and he's still talking to me about it. It's it's incredible, oh. really, but it's bizarre. It really is. Well, they were the big moments though weren't they I mean that was the season 30 years ago 86 mm. it still yeah, lives it's your season Bianca that's when my <laughs> favourite season it still lives you're drooling over me and Frank <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've told me that before you're embarrassing me now and you also said that Frank was your favourite you Frank say. was oh, no. he was my favourite oh, no. sorry TC <laughs> <laughs> I'll forgive you you know I do but no it was, um, it was an incredible season and all the better because uh, no one expected it you know mm. we was absolutely awful yeah. in pre-season and we lost I think we won one out of our first seven games and yeah. crowds were really low there was no TV so you know, no one no one expected it, it was just a typical West Ham start to the season and you know there was some ginger bloke playing up front with me that no one had ever heard of and couldn't pronounce his name there was a young lad on the wing who was a scouser and we had this old boy back from injury <laughs> um, Alan Demonshire Mark Wald and Frank McAvenny and uh, <laughs> It certainly was a great season. I loved it, every minute of it. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that a bit later on as well. But just wanted to bring up, while we're on the talk of uh, top goal-scoring leagues, Vic, I was looking at it today, Vic Watson, 326. That's what? 
But, I mean, that's yeah. never going to be touched, is no. it? No. Well, you, that's annoying. You don't get numbers like that anymore, do you? No. I mean, you know, Vic got 42 in one season, I think, you know, and it's just incredible. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of clubs out there where the... The goal scoring records are in in sight. You know, Frank Lampard's just done the Chelsea mm. one, mm. Uh, Wrighty and then Thierry Henry done the Arsenal one. But the West Ham mm. one, I think, is there forevermore unless we get. Oh, Andy Carroll scored at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, got about, he's got about three hundred and ten to go now, hasn't he? Um, you know, unless we get a really special special goal scorer come through who's going to score thirty goals a season for ten years, mm. you know. And if he's doing that, then unfortunately you'll get the vultures will be coming in trying to take him to play for Real Madrid and Barcelona. So it's it's hard to see it ever being broken that record. Mm. Cool. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about the 86 season and, of course, the rest of uh, Tony Cotty's career because a lot happened at West Ham. It did, yeah. Uh, we're also going to talk about the be- the busy festive um, fixtures that we had, Swansea, Villa, uh, and home wins against Saints and Liverpool and also all the other West Ham news, including Mark Noble picking up a plastic bag and putting it in his shorts. Correct. That was a lovely little incident. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did text him about that today. I said, can I have a, a quote about what that was all about? He said, it's insulation. His balls were cold. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't aware about this. I wasn't at the game, so. <laughs> We've got an exclusive right off nice the bat. Nice to know he's yeah. sharing that with you, Bianca. I offered yeah. To, yeah. to knit him some claret and blue warmers, but he declined. <laughs> um, cool. Well, we'll begin with some feedback. Obviously, James Longman's last episode, uh, previously, just before Christmas, we had an email from a guy called Ben. Bianca, I don't know if you fancy reading this one out. Okay. Email from Ben. Dear Chris and James, honestly, I don't really write into stuff, but when you regularly listen to something, it feels like a part of your life. And when that changes, I simply cannot cope. Oh, dear. Do we need that music in the background? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Your podcast is a place to revel in the joy of winning, vent and commiserate in the time of a loss and collectively respect the point. Always with good insight and always hilarious. Pressure's on for me then. (laughs) So thank you guys and thank you, James. This is not the end, but rather widening the search for Christian Daly. I hope the LA sunshine warms your cold lizard blood. What a time to be alive. Cheers, guys. That's from Ben. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, lovely. Thanks for that. You can email the show at podcast.kumb.com uh, and get in touch with us. Anything you fancy talking about. Um, but we should begin with the festive uh, uh, schedule that we had and it began uh, away to Swansea, 0-0 TC. Oh, what an exciting match it was as well. Oh, it was a fantastic game, wasn't it? Oh. Can I admit that I actually fell asleep during that? Yeah, I was just about to say I nearly fell asleep. Um, but it, no. Just unfortunately, we had all the injuries. You know, we've had a awful run with the injuries, and it was just one of them games. I mean, Mm. you know, just could easily have been a penalty, couldn't it? James Collins won, but you know, it was a point. I I kept saying, you know, people people starting to moan, oh, we're not scoring, we're drawing nil nil all the time. Well, hold on a second, we've got six of our best players that injured. Mm. So for me, it was a good point. I know Swansea aren't playing particularly well at the moment, but I felt it was a decent point. Good point for you, Bianca. Yeah, definitely. Considering, as as Tony says, about the injury situation, we haven't had the same 11. I can't remember the last time we've had two on, on the trot, two, two games. No. So, mm. you know, the back four's been mixed around a few times and obviously Lanzini was out and Payette was out and Sacco was out. So, uh, for me, uh, last season, perhaps season before, we'd, we'd have lost a game like that. So, a point yeah, is a point. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and then to Villa Park on Boxing Day. One all there, TC. I was a bit disappointed. I thought the Villa were there for the taking. They're such an awful team. Yeah, I mean, Villa unfortunately look like they're going to go down as one of the worst 
mm. teams ever in the Premier League. You know, you just you, you can't see where they're going and what they're doing. So, yeah. well, uh, if they don't get another point, they will do. They'll yeah. they'll break Derby's record, yeah, exactly, won't they? Exactly. Yeah. So What's I mean, it, it was disappointing we didn't win the game, but again, it's it is it's so hard. I don't think people often appreciate how hard it is to get Premier League points you know people look at us oh yeah well, they're, they're rubbish they're down the bottom of the league and that. but it's still hard to go to anywhere in in the Premier League and get points uh, and I always remember my old manager Martin O'Neill at Leicester without going on about Leicester he used to come in after every game if we'd drawn nil-nil in the worst game ever that's a fantastic point we've just drawn against whoever it might have been to try and say how important it was to, yeah. to just to cherish every point mm-hmm. And when you look when you look at those points, all right, we didn't win the game, but you know at the end of the season, if we get into the Europa League by one point, then and that point was against Aston Villa, then it, it's a good point. And mm. I keep coming back to the injuries, you know, without making excuses. You know, the injuries you, you cannot cope with losing six of your best players. You mm. you ask, you know, look at Man City without company and Aguero and all. Mm. They're not not the same team, are they? And it goes for all all the teams throughout the league. So. It was a point again, disappointing we didn't win the game, but still a point gained. Mm. Um, Ogbonna's foul, Bianca. What it, was he thinking? I know. It was definitely a foul, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think Super Slav tried to kind of pull the wool over our eyes a little bit there and say... It's clever play by the forward because he slowed yeah. down, waiting mm. for him to smash into the bank. He falls up. It, it was It was clumsy and it was a penalty, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No complaints from me. Yeah. Um, and then that was our 16th away point of the season, which was the same as our total last season yeah. already. But I mean, yeah. that's good, isn't it? Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at um, you know the start of this season, you know, briefly spoke about the 85-86, no expectations. I think mm. it was the same this season, wasn't it? You're thinking, well, Slavin's in charge. What sort of season is it going to be? And you look at the away game. Oh, my God, we've got Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City away. Oh, my God, we're going to get trounced in all that. Mm. And as a West Ham fan, that's what you think. And you know, to go and win those games, and pick up the points. Um, you know, our away form has been since nothing short of sensational this year. It's been brilliant. Yeah, yeah. and and then back to our home form uh, on the twenty eighth against Southampton. Mm. That was a big win, Bianca. We needed to win that one, right? Yeah, we really did to to get back to winning ways. And and, and what a way to go ahead as well. I mean. Apparently he does it all the time in training. Yeah. <laughs> the hardest part was working out what part of the body it came yeah. or was I it know. his shoulder or his arm or his head? I don't think anyone knows and Yeah, you know, I don't even know if he knows. <laughs> no, and, and the thing as well, Southampton could have been out of sight, couldn't they? I yeah. oh, yeah. in, in that first, first half. half. Oh. And we could have been three mm. or four goals down and it could have been all so different, you know. But you you take your goals with whatever part of the body it comes off and and obviously Andy got the winner as well so again it was a fantastic yeah. three points much and the relief you watch Slavin at the end and yeah, the, the you joy could you yeah. could I was see just say, yeah. because it builds you know and I'm sure he keeps saying well we've got injuries we've got injuries and but you know as a you know the fans quite rightly are looking so we, you know we can't keep using the injuries as a mm. as an excuse and eventually you've got to win a game of football and mm. you know it was yes it might have been a bit of a fluky win but it's still big relief for everyone mm. I think the fans would give him a lot more leeway though wouldn't mm. they yeah. than, than other managers especially the one we had last season. So. Yeah, well, they will be, you know, for, for a couple of reasons. I think, firstly, because of his West Ham history. I know he wasn't at the club a long time, but everyone, he was a, like a cult player, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And he was a very good player as well. Great, great lad. Um, and secondly, because of the, the style of football, I think, that we played. You know, the yeah. fact that we've got those wins at the start of the season, yeah. I think that was the best thing that could have happened for Slav because it just took the pressure off straight away. And, and when you get the injuries and suspensions, which we did, yeah. it gives you a little bit of leeway. And Definitely. But, you know, to get that win was a big win. I mean, everyone mm. keeps saying we're only one point, I think, it is ahead of where we were this time last season. Yeah. But it's the manner in which we've won the games. Mm. It's completely different, isn't it? And I know we had some great wins and some great results last season as well, yeah. but it was kind 
kind of this was the turning point, wasn't it, when everything started to peter out and and that dire sort of style of football made a return. And I I, I can't see that happening now, which is a great no, thing. I, I don't think it will, but I think we still should be aware of historically West Ham have done well up to Christmas, New Year, mm. and then. The old saying when it down on the decorations was it? That was the yeah. same for West Ham, wasn't yeah. it? Which we don't want to hear that this year, you know. Can we can we not great... look to a change of mentality though? Like finally, no, absolutely, Bianca. And I think that's where I'm coming from. You know, I mean, we've got a big FA Cup game coming up, then we've got a big league game at Bournemouth next week, and you know, we've got to start believing that we, you mm. know we are a bit better than just getting. 35 points by Christmas and then not bothering in the new year mm. and listen I'm as guilty of that as anyone because yeah. I played in teams where it happened yeah. but you know we, we need to start believing in ourselves as a club and we need to start pushing on yeah. hang on in there like we have done and now you know we can go on a little run and you know Europa League is there for us if we want it mm. and you know if there's enough desire and commitment and quality we, I think we can get in the Europa League I'm not saying we're going to get in the Champions League but 6th, 7th position yeah. could be enough to get in there Yeah, big talking point for that Southampton game as well Andy Carroll's hair I mean, yeah, he that looked like that's like, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fashion's not my. <laughs> it's a fashion segment now. I've just introduced. Yeah, Tony, you've had the same hairdo for about forty I know years. I have, yes, I know. It doesn't change much, does it? Have you had the same barber as well for forty years? No, a different barber. But it's just, oh, I don't, listen, I'm old-fashioned, and I, I don't enjoy going to the hairdressers. So when you do, you you walk in, you don't want to have something different. You got to be in the hairdressers for three hours. You go in like usual, please, and walk out again, which is what I do. So because yeah. I put the gel in. Everyone keeps saying, you know what Gailey's like, he's, oh, he's dying yeah. his hair and all that. I promise you, promise you, promise you, I do not dye my hair. <laughs> it's another I exclusive. The, I put the gel in and it makes he's my hair look much darker, but I am actually going grey. <laughs> and I did get married in October, as you know, Bianca, and yeah. I did say that I would be grey by the end of the year and the grey hairs are coming in. So oh, oh, really? I'm finally? At that. 50? That's not bad, though. <laughs> no, You've I done know. pretty got, well. Yeah. They've got to come in sooner. Yeah, because Tony Gow, he's proper grey. Oh, yeah. Was he dying for a while? Because that seemed to have come on a bit suddenly. Well, we had a bad a stripe the other day I don't know whether you saw it we oh. were calling him the badger he had a oh, really? down the middle so, um, but no Gailey, Gailey's a great pal oh, I've, so had, the same. Have I've had the same hair as well for, yeah. you know, I did have a perm in the 80s but apart from that he has been pretty much the same is that when you liked Frank was it? Yeah. <laughs> in homage uh, yeah. I thought about going bleach but I didn't think it would suit me uh, and then the next game 2nd of Jan uh, this last weekend West Ham 2 Liverpool 0 one of the best West Ham performances in some time TC well, amazing times. You know what? I, I was I was at West Brom at the weekend, and um, it was three o'clock kickoff, and obviously the hammers kicking off early. And I, I rang my dad on the on the motorway on the way up, and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I think West Ham are going to be they're going to beat Liverpool today. They're going to win two 0 This is before the game. I tweeted it as well, so it's not as if I'm sort of you <laughs> know, out there. Proof. Here, there's proof there. And my dad said, you know what? They're three to one to beat Liverpool. West Ham three to one to beat Liverpool, and they played at Sunderland on the Wednesday night. So they obviously travel back to Liverpool. They then had to travel to London on the Friday, and then play an early kickoff on the Saturday. And they're not playing well anyway. So for me, West Ham were a great bet at the weekend. Did you have a flutter? Uh, I, I owed my dad some money so I put a little bit of money on just to get, recover the losses which I did but I, I don't bet much on football I think yeah. we've all seen this year you, you've got to be a fool to yeah. bet on football Completely. but I think um, not just the result but the manner of the performance I thought we was fantastic I thought it was an incredible team performance and some of the individual displays particularly from the British players and I don't like always to mm. single out the British players but some of the performances Ginge was brilliant James Tompkins Mark Noble uh, Andy you know, Antonio fantastic performances mm. from the boys and 
uh, Aaron Creswell. I think that was, you know, it was just it was just a pleasure to be a Hammer. I was sitting there watching it, and uh, I think apparently if he was at the game, it was a fantastic atmosphere as well. So you know, yeah, brilliant it was, win, it brilliant, was brilliant win. Yeah, it was great. Also, when James <laughs> Conn's got announced as man of the match, I haven't heard a bigger cheer. Yeah, man of the match. Everyone went mad. For yeah. Like, there were a couple of guys behind me and every time he touched the ball they were like <laughs> every single time he touched the ball which was a lot yeah. he's, so. I mean he's just got his new contract as well which is brilliant yeah, fully, deserves fully it, deserved and, mm. you know, there was a point go, when so we thought we were going to go he was going to go yeah, yeah. Start the season. But, he, yeah. but quite rightly you know, he should be in demand he's that type of player I don't know about you babe, when you go to the training ground I got the training ground and I see Ginge and he's always happy and he's always smiling he shakes your hand he's happy mm. and that's whether he's in the team or not in the team so mm. he's a great lad to have around the training yeah. ground you get 100% commitment and he's, he's, the way it is he's got to be in the team you, yeah. you know you just say centre half number one centre half at the moment Ginge yeah. Yeah. got to be so and when Winston pick... comes back who do you see making way well, or Bonner, or Bonner for me yeah and yeah. I'll put Winston alongside him and probably keep James at right back and that's, that's how we stand at the moment but listen mm. football changes and mm. you know two weeks time it might be completely different mm. but Ginge absolutely thoroughly deserves yeah. a new contract he was solid as a Brilliant. rock wasn't he yeah also good to see Dimitri Payet make a return Bianca I mean, oh. again just what adding, cheer that was right? adding to the circus yeah. atmosphere yeah. of the day great it Amazing. really was I mean it just sort of changed didn't it it changed everything everyone was so excited when he came on and then the little touches and the what yeah, about his um, little pirouettes yeah. and his drag backs? And they cut it out and match the day, didn't they? they well, how can you not show that? And I don't no. even think there was a replay of it on the live feed, was no. it? I don't no. think so. And, you know, and he, he's beaten about three players yeah. and about four <laughs> drag backs. And I think that the reason for the cheer, it was it, for me it was like um, an Alan Devonshire or Trevor Brookin or a yeah. Berkovic or a Di Canio yeah. coming on the field. That type of player where you you look at him and you think, oh, you know, I've worked hard all week. And I always say this about the West Ham fans. They work their socks off during the week. They pay a lot of money to go and watch a team play at the weekend. And they want to be entertained. You want to see something a bit different. And this guy got the the, 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 the applause that he got because he does something different. Mm. You know, and, you, and he's a fantastic player. The goals and the assists already he's done. And the the, the roar, you could, oh, like, yeah. so I'm watching on the telly, but the roar went up and it was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it we, was sublime. We love it? a showboat, don't we, Bianca? We love a Oh, we do. Player. We're easy, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so easy. But that's what you pay your money for, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You want to be entertained. You know, we're, we're not always going to win the cup. We're not. Yeah. We're not going to win the Premier League or we're getting the Champions League. Mm. So you want to be entertained. I've always yeah. said that about West Ham fans. Mm. Yeah, I think he's going to even grow even more into himself because he's going to love the way the fans love him. Mm. And I think he's just going to take stuff on and the trick, more tricks are going to come out. Yeah. And you could tell that when he came on. He really wanted to, to get everyone up and, and you know, he, he did that straight yeah, see, away. I think it's he? important we carry on getting the results. And, you know, I mean, it's next, you know, what a year this is to be a West Ham fan. I'm moving to the Olympic Stadium and everything. And, you know, so we, you know, I think we can keep Dimitri, for, certainly for the time being. But ultimately, we need to... We need to get in Europe or win a cup to keep that type of player. Otherwise, the, mm. you know, the big boys come in and he's, what, he's 28 years of age and he's prime of his career. Someone's going to be looking thinking, you know, I'll buy him for 30 million. So mm. we don't want to sell our best no. players. We've, no. we've always done that. We yeah. don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And also, before we move on, haven't lost at Upton Park since August 22nd. Yeah. Was that the Bournemouth game, was, yeah. it? was it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how did that happen? We've got a great home <laughs> record and I kind of cracked up on me. I didn't realise that. Yeah, because everyone's sort of saying, oh, West Ham have been brilliant <laughs> away from home. And all of a sudden, what we haven't lost since August. Yeah. <laughs> it's really? Because, yeah. It's because there weren't too many wins in there. Well, no. You know. Mm, no. But I think ultimately, if you're going to, you know, the away form is fantastic, but... If you're going to be, you know, pushing to get into Europe, which is what I was speaking about, you, your home form's got to be good. Yeah. You can't do it 
keep relying on one the results at Arsenal, Man City, etc. Yeah. You, you've got to you've got to have a very very established home form. And I think if you look historically at all the teams that have done well in Premier League, old First Division, always good at home. Fortress. Yeah, yeah. Fortress Upton Park is back. Mm-hmm. Um, well, TC, let's drill into your career now. Let's wind the clock back. Um, <laughs> a long way. A long, way, <laughs> a long, long way. time ago, well, yeah. <laughs> you can wind it back to the 1923 FA Cup final because I understand your great, was it great, great or great grandparents were there? So, I mean, I was, Ham, yeah. In the blood from the start. Yeah, oh, wow. my, um, my great uncle was a founder member of the West Ham Supporters Club, which was started in 1919 or something like that. Wow. So, um, yeah, and both the great, oh, well, I said both, it probably have been two of the four great great granddads would have been at the, the 1923 Cup final. Um, listen, I, I, I had no chance whatsoever because like both granddads, uh, both nans, my mum and dad, you know, living in East Ham, uh, there was no option. It was, you support West Ham. It, it, it was ever, never mentioned about any other team. <laughs> and you just bought into it and that was it. There was only one team for me. So, you know, historically, uh, you know, and I've done it with my, my, my twin boys who are now 18, they're West, both West Ham. And I'm, you know, I keep saying to him, you're fifth generation hammers. You know, when you have your kids, that's sixth generation. And, you know, that's, that's how it is. So, yeah, yeah. The, my, my family history goes back a long way. So it was only ever West Ham for you in yeah. terms of playing football? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it was when I first became aware, it would have been, what, very early 70s. And I went to my first game, I think it was 1971, 72 season. And Pop Robson, my hero, was playing up front. It Where did you stand? Uh, it would have been the North Bank. Yeah, so, I, yeah I started would have gone in the North the, Bank. Would have gone to the North Bank with mm. my dad, and I, I, listen, I don't. Rem- I know the game was Forest at home, and I think we won four two, and Pop Robson scored a couple of goals. But you know, no TV footage of that game, obviously, <laughs> is there? So um, yeah, yeah, I know that was the game. I don't remember the game, but mm. I'm guessing Jeff Hurst probably would have played, mm. maybe Bobby Moore. You know, but you know, great shame really as a fan that I didn't. You know, my my sort of real memories are from '75 onwards. You know, those early years, you're becoming an, a West Ham fan. You're going to score when you, you're Claret and Blue and everything. But I don't remember seeing Bobby Moore, no. Jeff Hurst mm. play. Although obviously I did see them play. Yeah. But the good thing is you'd have good memories of the the Cup final, the FA yeah. Cup final, right? Yeah. Well, I went to the um, I went to the quarterfinals, which was uh, at Highbury uh, when we beat Arsenal two 0 I was only ten. Went to that game and I couldn't believe it. The West Ham had gone to Arsenal and won 2-0. Like, was like, and it was the muddiest pitch. If ever you see the, the video footage of it, it's the muddiest pitch you've ever seen in your life. It would never have been played nowadays. And we won 2-0. Alan Taylor got two goals. Mm. And then I, uh, I didn't go to the original game. We drew with um, Ipswich in the semi-final. And then the replay was at Stamford Bridge. And I went with my dad. So I went to watch that. Alan Taylor got another two goals. So I went to the quarterfinals, went to the semi-finals. And my dad just couldn't get any tickets for the oh, final. No. So I never went to the full of FA Cup oh, final. No. So I missed out on that one, but I made up for it five years later because yeah. I went to the 1980 um, game against Arsenal. And again, I was, what, 15 at the time. And um, I remember we got to Wembley at, I think it was half nine in the morning. And we was playing football in the car park, you know, as a 15-year-old. And bearing in mind, I'm... You must have been pretty good by the then. Following year, <laughs> yeah. The following year, I actually signed for West Ham as an apprentice. So oh, really? It was, yeah, so... Wow. It was just, oh, it was just a, what a great time to be a... We got relegated in 78 and um, we kept the bulk of the team though because you had Lampard, Bonds, Brookie all mm. stayed at the club. You know, nowadays everyone yeah. would obviously leave but those three guys stayed and then we built a team with Parksy, Ray Stewart, Alan Devonshire and came back as a fantastic team and obviously beat Arsenal in the 80 final. So it was, it was yeah. a great time what, to what be... What was that day like? 
brilliant you know again to beat Arsenal they was the favourites yeah. no one expected well apart unless he was a West Ham fan you, no one expected West Ham to win yeah. uh, boiling hot it was about 100 degrees mm. Trevor fell over and he hit him on the head as you said doesn't matter how you score no, no, of course score. not of course not but it, it was great I mean not just the finals but I mean I travelled all around the country I mean I, I, when you look back I can't quite believe it really because I was only 13 and my mum and dad let me travel mm. all around the country with my other friend who was 13, the two yeah. of us going on the specials and the Irons Travel Club, as it was called, and you get on these trains and you went up to, I don't know, we went to Burnley's and Oldham's when we was in the old second division. And uh, I remember going up to the um, infamous Newcastle game in 78, I think it was, and they threw the petrol bomb at the West Ham fans. And you know, I'd gone wow. up to watch the football and mm. I, you know, I stood the whole of the first half with a programme on my head because they was throwing stones. God. So the stones were raining in from everywhere. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, I want to watch the match. So I've got a programme on my head. <laughs> and halfway through the first half, they threw a petrol bomb, which three West Ham fans got caught on fire, got injured. Oh and, it, and it was horrendous. And yeah. you're thinking, you know, this was football back in the, in the 70s. It was just... You know, but I, I wasn't interested. I knew about the, you know, all the ICF, ICF and all that stuff, and but I, I knew what was going on. I knew a few of the boys, but I, I wasn't interested. I, wa- I went to watch the football, mm. and yeah. I was more interested in watching Pop Robson yeah. and seeing what he was doing in terms of his movement and scoring goals, mm. and how I could become a better player watching Pop Robson than yeah. watching who was fighting. Yeah. Who I, it wasn't that didn't interest me at all. Yeah. It's safer to be on the pitch. That's probably why he became a good footballer. But like I say, you looking back, you can't believe what yeah. went on and how low football went. Mm. You know, it sort of obviously hit rock bottom in the mid eighties with mm. all what went on with the tragedies, you know, everything it was just awful and but um you know, I'm pleased to say we're in a much better position now. And yeah, thank you know, God, all that's football's changed. fantastic. Now. Yeah, yeah. Eighty-one League Cup final. Did you make it to that as well? Um, yes, I went to the original game. Um, Ray Stewart scored the penalty in the mm. last few seconds. Drew one-one with Liverpool. So that was a great, great game. And then I managed to get to the replay as well at Villa Park. We lost two-one. Paul Goddard scored on a couple of minutes. I think. Mm. You think oh, we're going to win the cup here, but you know we didn't. And. Uh, I think mean, we've been back since. Have we? No. Sure have been, my, so. my greatest day was at Villa Park when we beat Borough in the semi-final. Oh yeah, never made yeah. that one. I was yeah, in Flo- that I was, was in, my greatest I was in Florida day. Florida that day, so. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I got to the 2006. It was 2006. Yeah, I really I thought that final. was going to be our year yeah. after the great start we had, but. Yeah, ne- never mind. Never it might mind. be around the corner. You yeah, don't know. know. Wolves at home on Saturday. You never yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> you Let's go again. Yeah, you, you've got to try and win the competition. What's the point? Is, if yeah. we're not going to try and beat Wolves, then let's pull out now and let them let them have a buy through to the next round. Yeah. Try and win your game. Stay in the cup as long as you can. Uh, you know, yeah. West Brom last year was so disappointing when it to lose. Was it four 0 Yeah, that Wolves? killed it, didn't it? We'd all convinced ourselves we were it was our cup. year. Yeah. We're going to win the cup, and, and obviously we didn't. So, yeah. um, but the, you know, the cup. Historically, the FA Cup. I mean, obviously, we haven't did mention '64. I know I wasn't yeah. alive, but you know, the three times we won it. Mm. You know, it's, historically, we've always been a good cup team. So it'd, yeah. it'd be nice to go on a cup run this year. Yeah, first of January, 1983. Yep, you make your debut in amongst these heroes you've been watching cup finals with, mm. and then you score. Yeah, crazy. <sighs> Listen, Every we, boy's dream. we have not got nowhere near enough time for me to describe <laughs> what happened that, that day and the day before. But no, I mean, I mean, I mentioned uh, I left school in May 1981, and then January 83, I made my debut. So what's that? 17, 18 months in between joining the club and making my debut. Um, and up until I joined the club as a 15 year old, I was I was a supporter. So I'm watching Parksy, Ray Stewart, Trevor Brooking, Billy Bonds, all these heroes, Anna Devon, mine, and all of a sudden, well, I'm training with these guys, and 
it was incredible, really. You know, unbelievable roller coaster ride to to do what I did, apprentice, getting the youth team, getting the reserves, and then finally John Lyle gave me my chance. I say finally, I mean it was eighteen months, but uh, you know, you always think mm. you know, oh, you know, I'd love to play for the first team, and you know, John was brilliant because he he was like um he was like a, a headmaster figure, and uh, he, we went to bearing in mind the game was on New Year's Day, and we went to a hotel. We no, actually, I reported for training on the. Friday morning because the game was on the Saturday and um, I was due to train with the youth team and Ronnie Boyce said you know, go home what do you mean go home he said well you're going to be training with the first team they're training at 5 o'clock on the Friday he said go home get some rest come back later ok no problem so I thought oh, well that's nice I'm going to you know because I'd done obviously I'd trained with them outside but this was we used to train in the gym which is still there now so it was 5 o'clock in the gym to do your 5 aside before you play Spurs the following day so we'd done the training and absolutely no indication that I would be involved in any shape or form I'm just making up the numbers and it was um, Alan Dickens was in the squad as well you know same age as me and uh, so anyway like you had to pack the bag I never really stayed away from home before you know, <laughs> oh we, we, we go bless to, him oh no, we go such to a royal Rovers going to take a long time to tell you <laughs> did you have a packed lunch with you <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the post house in Epping which I don't even think is there anymore and we're staying overnight and uh, me and Alan Dickens are rooming together and we looked at each other, it was like 12 o'clock midnight, and we both said, I'm 17, I think he just turned 18. We looked at each other, what the hell are we doing in this hotel room? It's New Year's Eve, you know, we should be out partying like any other 17, 18 year old winner, because like, we're not going to play tomorrow, we're just making up the numbers. So anyway, we, we had to get to sleep eventually, and then you, you have your breakfast, drive to the ground, and then um, around about half past one, um, I think we got to the ground about one o'clock, and about half one, John Lyle said, um, I've got a call, John Lyle wants to see you in the office, three o'clock kickoff, and um, sat down with John, and he said, um, he said, uh, I think think I'm going to play you today. Are you up? Are you up for it? Are you ready? So what am I going to say? Well, of course I am, John. <laughs> he, went, he went, thank God for that. So he said, well, is there anyone you, you want to phone someone? He said, you know, obviously pre-mobile days, it was just a landline. Do you want to ring your mum and dad and see if they can get here last minute? I said, John, they're already coming to the game. The West Ham fans, it was, yeah. it was all coming. I think my nans, my, my two nans were coming, and like, my girlfriend, and every, everyone was coming anyway. Um, so uh, that was it. And then I uh, just went out, and 25 minutes into the game, you score, and and that was just the best feeling in the world. I mean, I scored over 300 goals, and everyone says, what's your favourite goal? And I said, first goal. Because mm. you can't replicate that moment as a 17-year-old, as a fan, scoring yeah. against Spurs on your debut. And yeah, that is. If Carlsberg made It was moments. just Roy the Rover stuff. And, you yeah. know, I scored the goal and, and and it was on TV as well. Like Luckily, the ITV cameras were there and... And I turned and ran. I didn't know what to do. I just, you scored a goal. What do you do? It's quite an accomplished <laughs> celebration when you watch it back. You kind of yeah. run towards the West Ham arms and the but air. I didn't, like I didn't know what to do. And I've, <laughs> I I just wanted the security of running to someone that I knew. And I, I looked up and Paul Allen was right in front of yeah. me. And I'd grown up with Ollie in the youth team. And I'd seen him play it in, you know, in the 80 final. And I just ran to him and give him a big cuddle. And then everyone jumped on top of me. And it was just the best feeling in the world. Mm. And like, I mean, I could go on and on and on about it. Mm. But... You know, that was my favourite ever West Ham goal was my first goal, without a doubt. Yeah. It's your bread and butter as well, isn't it? Like someone takes a shot, bounce, keeper like parries it, bounces up, and then in the six-yard box, yeah. bosh. Yeah, Coach. but that, that was, you know, one of the things that I was taught very early on and one of the things that I practised and I took a lot of pride in as well, that if the goalkeeper fumbles it, if it hits the post or the crossbar, mm. you know, there's nothing worse than that happening and, you You're know, everyone's there. standing on the edge of the box. <clears throat> so when that, when that free kick came in and it went over my head... 
the first thing I thought was, if it goes towards the goal, I might get a rebound here. So I just sprinted in towards the goal, and Joe Gallagher headed it. Ray Clements tipped it onto the bar, bounced down, and if you if you watch the video back, like Steve Perriman's marking me now. Steve Perriman was an experienced player at the time. He probably played about 500 games, and you know I was about five yards in front of him because that, my instinct was to to get the goal. And like I say, just fantastic feeling. Yeah. Those initial few like um, seasons with where Sam, you, like you're playing with some interesting characters, Billy Bonds, yeah. Trevor Brook in the end yeah. of his era. What was it like to play with those guys? Oh, incredible. Um, I mean, my first full season as an 18-year-old was Trevor's last season, and um, we made a great start to the season. I think Trevor's on record as saying that we would have got into Europe at the end of the season, but uh, um, I think Alan Dev done his knee, got injured, and... Uh, Alvin Martin and Steve Whitten had a car crash and we lost them as well so we lost three of our best players and you know we was right up I think it was about third come, same mm. thing what we talked about third yeah. around about Christmas time ended up about eighth whatever and that was mm. my first full season but Trevor was brilliant absolutely brilliant creating chances and it was just a joy to play with and you know you made the run and he passed the ball to you it was brilliant and then um, Billy Bonds was just an inspirational captain and leader but he could play as well you know he was tough as tough as anything you can yeah. tackle anyone and, they don't you know, make them like that they anymore, don't well do you they? can't be like that but can you because if you make a tackle now the player rolls over and get, you yeah. get sent off but he, he could play football as well so he would have adapted his game a bit like Julian Dix mm. you know, could they mm. play in the modern of course they could you, you just yeah. wouldn't be able to do what they what they did but um, I remember um, as an 18 year old that season and uh, we, we was playing the card school and going up to wherever he was going and um, and Billy Bond said to me he said um, he said Tony he said one bit of advice enjoy enjoy your career and take in every moment because it'll be over before you know where you are and I looked at him I went Bill I said I'm 18 years old <laughs> and he said to me he said I know you are that's why I'm telling you he said enjoy every single minute because before you know where you are it'll be over and then all of a sudden I was 34 playing yeah. for Leicester did you take that on board? <laughs> I don't think I did and I you don't, don't know think, when you're I a don't kid think, do you? no I don't think any any youngster do and I'd love to sit down with some of the players the younger players now and, and try and say to them what Billy Bond said to yeah. me because the players don't appreciate it. They, you know, they're, they're all, especially nowadays, they're getting fabulous money. It's, yeah. it's the best lifestyle in the world. And I don't think they they t- they savour it at the moment. They don't take it all in. They don't understand how quick life goes. And yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. here I am. I'm, fif- I'm 50 yeah. years of age. And you think, yeah. well, where's the time gone? It's, yeah. it's mad, really. But Billy Bonds must have been about 40 odd when he was telling you to save your been. career. And he's oh, in the yeah, first yeah. exactly. Yeah. But that was the that was his point. That he, yeah. you know, he was saying that his career had, you know, 20 years as a player yeah, had got yeah, flown crazy. by. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, you have to enjoy and savour the moments. Yeah. yeah. You say Billy. Bonds could play football. How important was that to John Lyle? I mean, we talk about the West Ham way still. Mm. Was that a thing back then? Did you consciously say, this is how we, we want to be? Well, John did. Yeah. yeah. John, John. I mean, John had learnt from the master, Ron Greenwood. You know, yeah. Ron, not that I've, I met Ron a couple of times, a lovely man, but I never worked under him. But they reckon Ron was doing things that the Europeans were doing that, you know, no, no one in England was doing it. And um, it, it, make, quite, it makes me laugh, actually, because everyone goes on about quite rightly so about Barcelona how good Barcelona are now Barcelona from what I, I watched Barcelona and, and for me they're doing they're playing one twos they're playing in triangles they pass and move they make third man runs and everyone's saying wow Barcelona they're not doing anything different to what West Ham were doing in the 60s and 70s and the 80s mm. mm. uh, alright it's Barcelona I know they've got Messi and some of the best players I accept that but they're not doing anything that hasn't been done before my point being is that when we trained under John Lowe John was getting us to make third man runs, getting us to play one twos, pass and move, don't stand still. 
just simple instructions. Yeah. <clears throat> and particularly when Frank McAvenny arrived, he put the training sessions on to give me and Frank the the most opportunities to score the goals. And John was that good a coach that he could do that, you know. And it, you know, some of his training methods were a bit bizarre, a bit different, but in the main, the the training was enjoyable, and it was all around playing with a football and trying to get the best out of the players and you know he was years years before his time you know fantastic manager mm. do you think it was a case that maybe the coaches were better than the players they had at the time do you think we were like do you think we lacked a, little, a few kind of star players to really live this philosophy a bit better well, I, I think the thing is Chris you, what you've got to remember at West Ham and it still applies to this day is that we always have good players mm. but you know if you pay 50 million pound you get Kevin De Bruyne or Raheem Sterling where, mm. we're not going to pay £50 million so back in the 80s we had top players mm. but you know you, you didn't have Kenny Dalgleish and Graham Souness or Ian yeah. Rush or whatever because we couldn't afford to buy them players and you know and it's it's difficult for us because West Ham is a fantastic football club you know we all love West Ham and, and everything but you know it, it's hard to be the top club when you're not paying yeah. the top wages and the mm. top transfer fees and it still applies nowadays and back back then we had some wonderful players and we had great coaches and a great manager and everything but we was always a little bit short and you, you look at how can West Ham right not being funny but we've got more Hurst Peters Brooklyn, Lampard <laughs> yeah. and Bonds in yeah. the late 60s six fantastic players we never once finished sixth, higher than sixth in the league. It's yeah, crazy. That so, you know, That's ridiculous. It's, it's mad, isn't it? You know, but that is West Ham. That is why, that is why we love West Ham because mm. we're not going to romp away with the league or mm. whatever. Every, you know, every year we just, we, you know, you have to, you have to go through the bad times to appreciate the good times. This year's a, the good times of the Hammers, you know. But you know, back in those days, we had the top players, but we we never all came together. And of course, there was only one season where it yeah. did all come together. Do you yeah. think that you had that? something that was quite unique though that the spirit that you had in 85 86 a bit kind of probably like Leicester have got this season yeah. doing things that are pretty out of the ordinary I mean McAvinney wasn't even supposed to be in the team until Paul Goddard left and it was ju- it just all seemed to come together at the right time didn't it yeah I think um we had a, a an incredible team spirit and you know listen I've just come from a lunch I've just had lunch with Tony Gale and Alan Demonshire and you know and you think, you're thinking <laughs> now you know would that happen in 30 years time you know would any of the players you might have I suppose Mark Noble might go out with James Tompkins or something but yeah. you know can you see Sacco going out with Dimitri Payet for something for lunch in London you know it's not because football is an international game now it's changed hasn't it and you know the point you might be about the teams we had, we had an incredible team spirit that really really helped mm. us to to all come together that season and like I say it had been building up because you know John had developed a great team you know the the team that got promoted in the early 80s the team that got to the 80 and 81 cup finals that we spoke about was a fantastic team he sort of broke up a little bit and then he rebuilt it again and it, it was all coming together and then mm. just that season where the, the players arrived at the club it all clicked together And but you've you got to have a good team spirit if you haven't got you know if you don't mm. you, you don't have to like the, the, the player that you're playing with but you've got to get on you've got to have a bit of fun and a bit of banter and you know, listen, I've been down the training ground sometimes at West Ham over the years with different managers and you look at the players and they look bored silly. Mm. And not only that, they're not laughing, they're not having a joke and a laugh and everything and it's it's like robots and you, you've got to enjoy yourselves. And, yeah. you know, we enjoy this. So we, listen, we you probably... De- you lot definitely we enjoy this. We probably enjoy ourselves just a little bit too yeah. much, you know, yeah. especially Frank. I think Frank was partying away, wasn't he? But, but you, you've got Pastry to... girls and all of that. Yeah, but the point being, you know, you've got to enjoy... Not so much off the field, but on the field mm. when you when you're training and 
you're playing the games. You you've got to you've got to have a bit of fun and you've got to enjoy it and you've got to have that team spirit and the camaraderie. If you haven't got that, then there's no look. You look at Chelsea for example this season. You know, all the players in the world all on big money and cost of fortune, but there's no team spirit there, and that's why mm. they've they've not been so good. You know, because for whatever reason, it, it's all been everyone's sort of pulled apart. And mm. I don't like him. He don't like me. But you have to. But if you pull together, and your example was brilliant of Leicester, you look at that team. You know who's the superstar in the Leicester team? Ain't really one, is there? Yeah. You know, I mean, Vardy and Mares are good players, but they're not a superstar there. Yeah. They're just a very, very good team. And that eighty-five, eighty-six season, we was a very, very good team that should have won the league. You were super tight knit as well, because I think there's only thirteen players uh, made more than three starts. So I mean, that squad is so tight. Like, yeah. if if you'd have had a few injuries, I mean. It seems like there wasn't any injuries all season. No, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've done so well because of the injuries um, mm. or the lack of injuries, really. You know, I mean, the I think the two uh, positions that changed a bit was the left back position where Steve Walford started the season and George Parrish came in and done fantastic, and then uh, Jeff Pike started the season and Neil Orr finished the season, and they was the only two positions. And you know what's it? I hadn't really thought about it till a couple of years ago. But when you think that a year later, the two problem positions, left back, centre midfield, we had a, a lad called Julian Dix join the club, and we had a young kid come through to the first team, Paul Ince. Now, mm. if you imagine that if we'd have had those two players in that eighty-five, eighty-six team, oh, we yeah. probably would have won the league because we should have. You know, we was we were so close to doing it and. You know, there was a couple of games that got away from us and the poor start, one winning seven. And, yeah. um, you know, we lost at home to Chelsea when we was 1-0 up. We should have won that game. Oh. And, you know, we lost away at Villa, lost away at Arsenal. They had all the problems with the bad weather. And there was a this sort of lot of things that conspired against us. But, mm. you know, if you look back at the stats on that season, you know, I think we won 26 out of 42 games. We had the best defensive record. The last time the club, West Ham, had a... A positive goal difference in the top flight was 85 86. Do you know that? I did not really. Know that. Oh Love my no. god, top flight that's horrific. So, this season, this season, wow. we are plus seven. Wow, look at it, we're I plus seven. That. Oh, that could be it. We've never ever had a positive goal difference in the top flight, not in the champion. Forget the championship because that's mm. not the same, but yeah. in the top flight, last time was 85 86. 30 year anniversary, and, and there was a lot of things. You know, we was 18 games unbeaten. 18 games unbeaten. Yeah. It's incredible what we achieved that season. Yeah. And you apparently know, you and Frank didn't even get on. Uh, I know. <laughs> I was talking, <laughs> talking to Chris about it earlier you know, before you got here, babe, because you was late getting here. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. It? No, no, it's not good, is it? For the first, first performance to I get I just here. wanted you two to get to know no, each exactly, other. That was yeah, all. Exactly, yeah. But no, I mean, I was saying that um, the after the, the season after the 85-86 season, you know, Frank, could he didn't score as many goals. He was struggling a little bit with his form. Um, and then all of a sudden this newspaper article came out and I think it was the Daily Mail, I might be wrong, but the headline was Lyle's problem with his two feuding strikers. Oh, OK, so that's the newspapers and everything. But the, what was funny was that particular day uh, we trained in the morning and then me and Frank went and played golf together. <laughs> and now you're thinking, like, if, we, if we're if we feuding strikers, we ain't really going to go and play golf together, are we? And we was laughing about it, playing, you know, walking around playing golf. and But it was complete nonsense. Listen, me and Frank were... If you could get two different characters, 
completely the opposite. You know, yeah. we was yeah. completely the opposite. And um, but on the field, we had the chemistry, and that's as a footballer, that's what it's all about. You have that special chemistry. And I always tell the story without boring you, but the, the one I went out one one night, I went out in during the eighty five eighty six season, went out with my best pal, just the two of us, and we we had a few drinks in the West End, and ended up in Stringfellas, which was <laughs> was it wasn't Frank's office. It, yeah, it wasn't the club <laughs> yeah. it is now. This it was like a disco, as you call it, yeah. a disco in the eighties, and that. And I was in Stringfellas and. I said to my mate, I've got to go home now. Like I'm really struggling. It was like two o'clock in the morning, so we sort of like staggered up the stairs to the main foyer. And as I got to the main foyer, Frank was in the main foyer. <laughs> so this photographer, Stringfellas photographer, oh, Tony Frank, can we have a picture? Like, so me and Frank have posed for this picture. I've never seen the picture. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, oh, Frank, I said, oh, have you had a good night, mate? And he went, good night. He said, I've just got here. <laughs> now, I'm going home at 2 o'clock, and he was just arriving at 2 o'clock. And that couldn't sum it up any better, yeah, could yeah, it? Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. But, um, I'd love to see that picture. Oh, no. I'm sure it's I'll in the archives in Stringfellas somewhere. <laughs> but, um, no, we had an incredible chemistry on the field. And, you know, Again, talking about records, 54 goals in one season, just the two players. Um, I think it's only ever happened three times in West Ham's history where two players have got 20, at least 20 league goals each. I think it was um, John Dick and Vic Keeble, the, the famous ones from the 50s, and then it was mm. Jimmy Ruffle, I think, in the 30s, mm. and then me and Frank. Now, when you think I got 20 league goals, he got 26 league goals. And you know, yeah. there's no way that any West Ham player, not one player, will get near 20 league goals this year. Oh no! no. So to have two players getting over 20 league goals yeah. is mm. special season, really was. But you win Harrow of the Year, even though you got less goals than Frank McAvenny. How- do you know? Do you know what, Chris? I, I was actually I wouldn't say embarrassed, but I, I was really surprised that I won it because I'd been runner up. I was runner up in '84. Uh, Trevor Brookin won it quite rightly. So I was runner up in '85. I think Paul Allen won it. And I felt that maybe I could have won it in one of those two years, but I understood the circumstances behind it. And in '86, I'm thinking, well, Frank's got to win it. You know, the mm-hmm. the, the, the the best the best hammer that year for me was Frank McAvenny. And then when I won it, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, and I couldn't believe that the fans had, had voted for me. I really, you know, I was the winner. Frank was second. Mm. Waldy was third. Yeah. Um, I think that might have been a culmination of the three seasons that you had. They probably felt it was yeah, your maybe, turn. Maybe your they, time. Yeah. Maybe they appreciated what I'd done. But I, you know, I didn't think I was the best player. I mean, Alan Devonshire was fantastic. You know, all the defenders were brilliant. Waldy, Frank. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't feel that I'd done enough to deserve to be Hammer of the Year that year. But I'm honestly, I'm so pleased. The reason being, I think I was runner-up in '94, '95 as well when I came back second spell. But um, at the end of this season, the club have already written to me and they said that for the Swansea game, there, there's only 37 West Ham players that won the Hammer of the Year, of which 33 are still alive, and I'm one of the 33. And they've oh. invited the 33 oh. Hammer of the Years back to celebrate the last game ever at. Oh, oh brilliant so if I hadn't oh, won the hammer of the year yeah. I wouldn't have been invited back to, uh, to the last game yeah. so obviously I've got to get a bit of permission for time off which I'm, <laughs> yeah, working, so I'm, I, I'm working on exactly yeah but um, maybe we should go in yeah go in together, together. <laughs> talk to our producer but um, yeah I mean uh, it's, it's great looking back to you know look at all those names Bobby Moore Parksy mm. um, you know Alvin Billy Bonds uh, Jeff First Trevor Brook you know, just the list goes yeah. on and on and you know I will be amongst those players and for me that'll be a really proud moment for me as a just you know for me I you know I'm I I, people don't realize how much West Ham means to me they they they, I think some people think that um, I started playing for West Ham and then I became a West Ham fan 
but as I've explained yeah. to you guys, it's much more deep-rooted than mm. that. So I was a fan that became a player, and now I'm back to being a fan. So it's very special to me. And, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel for the Swansea game. I, I, there, I don't there'll be a few I, tears, I don't I'm know sure. I'll, seriously, I don't know, as a grown man, whether I will be upset. I, I don't know. I really, mm. I think it's going to be a really testing time mm. for a lot of fans you know mm. but I'm also really excited about Olympic Stadium but anyway we're going off yeah. track yeah. here but <laughs> it's yeah. another to story <laughs> <laughs> do you get a trophy when you win it like yeah, obviously there's the hammer of the year yeah. trophy but do you get to keep a version of it or yeah well, well, it's quite funny this I mean I, I was runner up in 84 so I got this big trophy for mm. runner up and then I was runner up in 85 which was a little bit less of a trophy yeah. and then I won it in 86 <laughs> small thing like that so my I've but got we the, skin is that why I, they kept I, getting I smaller know, I've got the three trophies and it goes down 84, 85, 86 and the winner one is the smallest <laughs> the one smallest of the three so, but, yeah, I, I've got it I've got the trophy and unfortunately I'm tied in the house at the moment it's all sort of in a load of boxes in the garage but I will eventually get a new trophy cabinet and stick mm. them in there which you know I'm, I'm very proud of my achievements as a West Ham player the Leeds of Mother Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by 8aasport.com forward slash West Ham. Wolves at home in the cup this Saturday. The start of potentially an amazing run or otherwise uh, complete disappointment. Uh, and the bet is this. Uh, West Ham to score over 2.5 goals, which is likely because Wolves are possibly rubbish, is 9-1 uh, to one on your first bet. So that's 8aasport.com forward slash West Ham. In other West Ham news... The transfer window has opened. Bianca, Matt Jarvis has gone to Norwich. He has. Uh, never really worked out, did it? It didn't. It's a shame, really, because I always, I mean, I like him. As I think a... it was the price tag. I, th- I don't mm. think he ever coped with the price tag. I mean, he was £11 million, pounds, yeah. wasn't he? And he, was, he was good for Wolves, was though. Probably, he, he yeah, really was. But he was probably a four or £5 million pound yeah. player, and I think he came in with that price tag. It looked to me like it weighed heavily on his shoulder. I, I agree. On his day, he's a very, very mm. good player. Mm. But as a wide player, you, I think you always get inconsistent performances with wide players. You, you know, you don't. You, you're consistent players. You, they're not wide players. They'll play brilliant one week, and yeah. then you won't see them the following yeah. week. And I think Matt struggled with that. I wish him luck at Norwich, and Definitely. you know, but it's, it's a it's a big hit for the club, and it was it two and a half million they're talking. Yeah, two. And they half, paid yeah. eleven and a half. So it's a, what yeah. is it, eight nine million pound loss. Yeah. But for me, you know, I wish him well, but I don't think he ever coped with the price. Sometimes tape. you you move to a club and it just doesn't work out, yeah. and it's just one of those things. Yeah, well, you've got to look at you know mm. Fernando Torres. What was it? Yeah. God knows how much he cost. Andy Carroll. And well, yeah, Andy at Liverpool. Yeah, now hopefully not. <laughs> <West Ham. laughs> now hopefully he's going to move on to legendary status at the yeah. club. But yeah, but it happens, doesn't it? Players move for a lot of money. Um, Shevchenko, what did he cost him? Mm. Yeah. Chelsea and you yeah. know, but you know, it's just it just never worked out for him. But wish him luck at Norwich. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in other news as well, Martin Samuelson, who's uh, on loan at Peterborough. The goal he scored at the weekend, incredible. King Clatsy, describe it to me. Have you not seen it? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it either, no. (laughs) It's like King Clatsy again. What, beat City? Four or five players. Oh, really? I saw the bit of skill that he did the the previous week, but they didn't score out of that. Or or they did score, but it was disallowed. Who's, who's he playing for? Uh, Peterborough. Peterborough, yeah. yeah well, they're Peter, they're flying, aren't they, at the yeah. moment? They're scoring lots of goals. Who'd they beat? They won 3 2. I was it? Tell you that. <laughs> I mean, they won at the weekend, but you know they're, they're flying at the moment, scoring loads of goals. So, yeah. know, that's, that's good news. But you, you want your players, if they're out on loan and the youngsters, you want them to, yeah. you want them to do well. Yeah. The, la- the, the, the worst thing is when the, the, I feel sorry when the kids they go out on loan and then they're sub. The yeah. club that they've gone on loan to. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? You know, if you're mm. not going to play, then stay at West Ham. And I think that's why Patrick Bamford. 
sort of gave yeah, I mean, Palace the yeah. elbow, yeah, wasn't you it? feel sorry for, for the young players, you know, they're going mm. there for experience to play football and they're not picked to play in the mm. first team, so you might as well just go back to your parent club. Yeah, difficult. Uh, have you heard of anything of Martin Samuelson, just while we're talking about him? Have I you heard? No, no. Not sorry, really, no. no, not yet. I, knew, I do know that they really rate him at, yeah. at Peterborough, they love him, they're always tweeting about him anyway. Mm. Mm. One to watch, perhaps. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of predictions, Wolves at home, FA Cup this weekend. TC thoughts? Uh, I think we'll rotate the squad a bit, but there's there's players that need match fitness, you know. Mm. So, I mean, Payet obviously being the, yeah. the the obvious one, he needs to to get a bit of game game time. So, I think we'll put a strong team out, and I'm very confident we'll get the result. Wolves aren't playing particularly well this year, so I think we'll go through two three nil. That's my prediction. Yeah, I don't see a, a banana skin here for me no famous last words perhaps <laughs> <laughs> I did say we'd beat uh, Liverpool 2-0 though that wasn't my prediction was yeah, it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. so I'm going 3-0 West Ham 3-0 West Ham yeah. yeah I think we'll score a few goals I think if Carroll plays I think he'll get a couple I want him to stop sliding on his knees yeah. it worries it me it worries me I told him last time I interviewed him I said can you please stop Sliding on your knees. The problem is, Bianca, like when you score that goal, you do sometimes do the most stupid you things. You just lose it. Uh, yeah, because you, you, you're so wrapped up in the mm. emotion. And, you you know, sometimes you do things. I mean, I remember back in the mid-90s, I scored against Everton. Uh, when I come back to West Ham, I scored against Everton. I'd done this ridiculous pouring down the rain. I'd done this slide, slid on me back towards the <laughs> chicken running. And you look back and you think, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You know, so but it's you get carried away. But I agree, some of those celebrations they do. You know, yeah. that sliding one is a little yeah. bit because well, uh, he when he first scored, um, I can't remember who it was against Chelsea? now. He yeah, slid on his chest. But, yeah, and and he sort of slid yeah. on his bum before, yeah. uh, but now he's 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 brought the knees back. I'm not happy about it. If you're listening, mm. AC, stop it. <laughs> yeah, well, we need him fit, don't we? You know, we if do. we're going to yeah. push on, we you do. know, because he's a he's a fantastic. Asset. I think. Uh, you know, his, his times now, he's he's got to, you know, he's got to do something now, I think. He's got to keep fit. Yeah. I mean, it's pure and simple, keep well, him fit. And... Slav said, I, I went to the um, press conference after the game and he said he's fit. Mm. He's finally, he's, he's at his peak, so it's up to him now. That, that was what he said, basically, yeah. word for word. He's got to train well, rest, eat well, look after himself. And only then, he said, he'll be an asset. He's right as well. And, mm. and the thing with Andy, you know, it's such an important season, not just for West Ham, but, you know, for England yeah. as well. Because if you look at the Euros coming up, there is not one player that can do what Andy can do. You know, yeah. and he, he gives England a real option, uh, yeah. you know, in Definitely. terms of the forward position. So, and, the, and the door's open for him, you know, because when it comes around, you, I know you've got your Vardy's, Danny Sturridge has been injured. Yeah. You know, you've got your Rooney's. He was terrific Harry against Kane's, Liverpool, wasn't he? Oh, he's brilliant. He was really He's good. a real he, handful when yeah. he's on his game. And, you know, I, I, I said when we first signed Andy, and I, I was it a year ago, two years ago? I don't know how long ago. It was probably it was come up for two years. years. Yeah. And, and, I, and I said at the time, I said, I want Andy to be a legend. Yeah. I want him to be. Because he's got it in him. Yeah. Mm. I don't want him just to be that, oh, oh, do you remember that player who, you know, mm. who used to come on, but he was always injured and, you yeah. know, he scored a few goals and that was brilliant in the year, but we never saw him play regular you know yeah. we want to the fans in 20 years time to be looking back saying do you remember Andy Carroll yeah. you know, he was a bit injured when he first arrived at the club but he had four or five seasons he was unplayable yeah, and he great. went on and got under a goal for West Ham you know that's that's the challenge we haven't had a player like that for a while I mean Dean Ashton was the great yeah hope, he got, had all the injuries great yeah. Hope. Yeah. You know, what, what a shame with Dino and he's, he's still what, 32 33 and yeah. he could still be playing so that was devastating but you know, Andy's got to stay fit. That's if he why, does, yeah, he's, he's got to make the most of it now. Yeah, but you get, if we get Sacco back, you have got Valencia. Mm. You know, we've got some really good forward players. Do you think we'll sign one in January? Do you think we'll get get a little extra option or? 
Oh, it's hard to, you know, if everyone's fit, you know, do yeah, we need a forward? Think, Probably not. We do we will. need a wide player? Probably not. I think we will in the summer. Centre midfield player? Probably not. Centre half? No. Goalkeepers no. have got two. Maybe the full back positions, I would say. You know, right back. I know you've mm. got James James or Carl for the right back position. You've got Aaron Creswell. Is it Stephen Hendry, isn't it? The the young lad. And, uh, yeah. But maybe some cover, but not to go in the first team, but maybe a squad players or just. I don't know, utility player in midfield who can play in a few positions. But I don't think we need a lot. I really, I, I, if you said to Slav, you know, you've got your 25-man squad, he'd probably say, well, I'm happy with 22 yeah. of them. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. change the 22. Maybe two or three. We know, you know, just for example, I mean, listen, he's been a decent servant for the club, but someone like Joey O'Brien, for example, you say, well, you know, well done, Joey. Thanks for what you've done. Move him out and get a bit of fresh blood in. Mm. I think maybe do something like that, but I don't think we need too much. We don't need a marquee player. No, we don't need like it. That, no, do let's, let's take stock. Let's get everyone fit. Go towards yeah. the end of the season. Let's see where we end up, yeah. and then if we then get into Europe or whatever, then you then got to bring in your your big players, and you you got need a bigger squad to to cope with it. Um, but at the moment, I, I'm happy. I am really happy mm. as a West Ham fan. Shame about Lanzini. Yeah, yeah, it was a shame. Was yeah. And I was fantastic. worried that Enid Valencia was stretching his hamstring after about two I minutes. Know. When he, <laughs> he was. I was like, oh, I saw no, that. don't get injured again. Yeah, but, I, I mean, thought. See, I, I mean, he's another he's one. He's been great as well, though. A couple of the balls yeah. he's, he's put a, in for he's the goals. He's another one. I mean, I I said. When Sacco, they both sort of arrived at the same time. And I, for me, Valencia was the one, you know, he's mm. a fantastic player. Well, that goal I, against Hull, I'll I don't think we've quite her. seen the best of him yet. You yeah. know, we probably haven't quite worked out where to play him, who to play him yeah. with, whether that would be with Andy Carroll. He's, or, he's popped up with a few assists, though, hasn't he, yeah, in recent weeks? Yeah, but he's a really good player and we need him fit, mm. you know. But if you've got Valencia, Sacco, Andy Carroll, you know, we've got, Payet, some, Lanzini. got some really good, and Zerati, we've got, you know, there's yeah. six or seven really, really mm. talented forward players. This is probably the best squad we've had since. Oh, uh, the early 21st century. I mean, when we had the the Decanio squad, yeah. it was probably the team that went down in 2003. Which yeah. was, I mean, how the hell they got relegated? I don't I know. know. But that was know. a very good squad, and you know, this is probably the best squad we've had um, since then. And that concludes part one, Bianca, of the Tony Cotty interview. I'm absolutely loving it. I could listen to TC, uh, well, forever. Well, at least another hour. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> good good news because there is another hour. Um, Bianca, you're on Twitter, obviously. At I am at B Westwood, B double E Westwood. So get following me, please. And you can follow myself at CJ Skull with a C on Twitter. And join us next week for part two of the Tony Cotty interview which will be pre-recorded so we won't know the uh, Wolves result or the Bournemouth result. No, we won't. <laughs> Join in anyway. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, come on you irons. Come on you irons.